Hey, you guys, welcome back to the Play on Words podcast. So today, and I guess every day in this podcast, we are going to be talking about preschool stuff. And that could mean um, three, four, and five-year-olds in a preschool setting, but it also could mean before entry to school. Um, So like the early childhood years of zero to six years old, that's the focus of this podcast. If you have a child that's older than that, um, you're still going to get a lot of information in this podcast. But if you have a baby and you're like, oh, I don't have a child going to kindergarten, I want to tell you this is still for you. This is going to be basically everything that your child needs and you need to know to have successful early childhood development years um, in before they even would enter a preschool setting. So when you hear preschool or kindergarten readiness, I don't want you to think like it's specifically for one age. It's going to be all of the years that we're focusing on before we even start school. And then, of course, on this podcast, we will talk about the school years. But um, we are doing a couple of episodes answering questions about those really formative zero to six-year-old years. Um, so you, if you're new here or a newer parent, you might not have heard this, but chances are you've, you have. But 90% of brain development happens before a child's fifth birthday. 80% happens before their third birthday. So that means that we've got a lot of fun to have in those years. It's not a scary thing and it's not like, oh no, I have to get the flashcards or I have to get the best books. There's, It's so many things that you're probably already doing that are helping your child develop secure attachments, develop strong foundations for lifelong learning, literacy skills, math skills. You're probably doing them every day and you don't even realize it. So I hope that I can help you realize how much you're already doing and how capable you are because you are your child's first teacher and you have what it takes. So we're going to talk a little bit about, of course, kindergarten today, um, but we are going to get into those those first five years a little bit more as well. Um but I just wanted to start this episode. I'm copying someone else on a podcast that I that I've heard before, but I am so deeply grateful and moved by your reviews and your emails and direct messages. So I heard this on someone else's podcast where they just like took an appreciation moment where they read what people say about the podcast. So if it's yours, uh, get excited because it made my day. So I'm going to read just one and then we will jump right in. Dear Miss Beth, I'm loving all capital letters, which I love because I really can feel the excitement. I'm loving your new podcast. It's the perfect parental supplement to the entire Big City Readers community. So this parent takes the virtual classes, maybe comes to in-person events, which I love. Um, Tonight, I took your idea from one episode and we have been clapping syllables for the past 15 minutes. And my daughter keeps asking if she can play this game more as she names her favorite people, things, and sounds. We clap them out. My daughter is four and we started ready to read when she was three. Ready to read is our virtual 
course um, that has curriculum, printouts, PDFs, parent workshops, um, and of course, video lessons for two, three, and four-year-olds. It was so easy to incorporate the things you teach into life in a fun way. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh. Okay. Thank you. That made my whole entire day because I got to be honest, sometimes it can get a little lonely to just, you know, produce and not really know who's receiving it and who's getting something out of it. So I so appreciate your messages and comments and it really, it helps me keep going and I'm, I love it. I'm here for you. And I'd love to know who you are that are listening. So thank you for your reviews. Thank you for the messages. Um, and I can't wait to keep going with you here. Um, so let's jump in a little bit more to this kindergarten topic because I have I think two more episodes coming for you about kindergarten readiness and um, red shirting. So I wanted to take this episode before I share another episode where I answer all of the questions, which I had you guys ask questions on Instagram and I, we have several hundred messages um, and questions about kindergarten and preschool years. So I wanted to take this time to kind of give some backstory about why this is such a hot topic and also kind of answer a few of your questions um, about this. So you might have heard this term kindergarten redshirting. I was actually having a conversation with my mom um, the other day and telling her, well, she was like, you should have this person on your podcast. And I was like, mom, who is this person? And she's like, I don't know. They just share a lot, share a lot. I don't know. Please tell me if someone else's mom is like this. She goes, they share a lot in this Facebook page in my neighborhood about, um, about the education system and, and they're a loud mouth. <laughs> That's what she said. I was like, you don't know them. And she's like, no, they just always are like sharing things. I was like, mom. Oh my gosh. I was like, have you listened to my podcast? She's like, no, I don't know how I was like, I don't just have random people on talking about things. I'm trying to make it easier for parents to not have to go looking and searching and have to have too many messages in their ears. Like I want it to be simplified. I want people to feel empowered. I don't want just like someone who's just like talks a lot and reshares things. Anyway, mom, if you're listening, I know you're not because I haven't showed you how to listen to a podcast yet. I do love you and appreciate that you were trying to find guests for me, but I'm not really trying to just have guests on this podcast. I have a lot of information that I want people to have. So my goal is to have parents on this podcast or teachers ask their questions. Um, maybe in a couple of months, we'll have more guests if I run out of things to talk about. But this podcast came from my desire to simplify this for parents. So I'm trying to keep these episodes as short as possible so you can listen to them on the way home from a school drop-off or from on the way to work. It's going to be quick, bite-sized information. Hopefully, it'll feel like you're hanging out with a friend. Maybe you'll have it with me with a glass of wine at night um, or a cup of coffee in the morning or tea or whatever your fancy is. But I want it to just feel like you're just having a conversation with a friend that is kind of pointing you in the direction of information that they know a bit more about. So I don't want it to feel like here, you have to get a notebook out. I mean, a lot of people have already said that they get their notebooks out, but I want it to feel easy, accessible and digestible, which are probably all like kind of the same 
bored. So anyway, I wanted to tell you, she, my mom also said in this conversation, I told her, I started explaining the podcast and she was like, oh, so I was talking about kindergarten red shirting. And she goes, isn't that illegal? Can't, isn't that, isn't that been outlawed? I was like, you know what? Nothing. I was like, mom, this is my entire business. Nothing is regulated. Sorry for shouting. I can see that the little lines went up because I just got too loud. So I was like, mom, that is the whole point of my entire podcast is that nothing is regulated in the American education system. One school might have said no. One state might have said no, but there's always loopholes. There's always going to be, you know, like school is a business and there's going to be a private school that lets you or public school. Like there's always, there's always there. You can't just, unfortunately, it's not just regulated. Um, so I was talking to her about that. So anyway, kindergarten red shirting is something that has been, it's not new. Everyone keeps saying in the Instagram, I'm like looking at the Instagram, you guys really just popped off with all the comments and questions. And there was a couple of fights I had to regulate, but, um, it's, a lot of people are saying, why is this all of a sudden so popular? And it's not all of a sudden so popular. It's just that we have more access to see what's happening. Um, and so we, you know, we have social media, we, we can see, and we talk more and hear more about what people are doing. And there's more opinions being shared now more than ever. And that's why it's so important now more than ever to protect your peace and to pick the people that align with your family's values and like that you trust and turn to them and then put blinders on to everybody else. And you have to, you like, can you imagine, think about social media for a moment. Can you imagine if you follow a thousand people, let's say you have, you follow 25 teachers, 25 teachers. Can you imagine sitting in your bedroom in the intimate, like the most intimate part of your home so thinking about like relating that to like the decisions you make for your kids, that's the most intimate thing about you. This is not going to be about your neighbor. This is not going to be about what your child's teacher says. These are the most intimate parts. Who would you let in to your bedroom to watch a movie with you? Would you let all 25 of those teachers? Probably not. That's kind of insane. Would you let a thousand people that you're following sit in your bedroom and watch a movie with you? Probably not. It wouldn't feel really comfortable. So think about this intimate, sweet, monumental, precious child that is yours and protect yourself and your peace and your energy and your child's by just letting in a few people. Like think about a girlfriend that you would love to just like be like, let's have let's go come over and watch bridesmaids and sit in bed and watch that and laugh together. That's the person that you're going to want to bounce ideas off with when you're making decisions for your child or for your family. So you have to protect that and know that you can't just look at what everybody else is doing. You're going to be so overwhelmed. It's going to hurt your brain. It's going to make it cloudy and hard for you to decide what is right for your child. And remember, it's hard. it'll make it hard for you to remember your own family values. So remember, you wouldn't let all of those people into your house. Like maybe you would go once in a while, once a month, maybe once a quarter, you would go to a concert, a venue and be around that many people. 
maybe you would have a block party and you would hang out with those people out in front of your house. How many people are you going to let into your house? And then how many people are you going to let into your living room? How many are you going to let stay and do the dishes with you afterward? And after you have a dinner party, and then how many people are you going to let stay in your room and watch a movie with you? So think about your social media consumption and your article reading consumption and Google searching like that and protect your peace because you, there is an endless amount of information out there. So just find who aligns with your values and let that be the people that you look at and trust yourself. So all that to say, we're talking about kindergarten redshirting and it's not new and it's something people have always been doing. It's just more popular now with, we're just, no, it's not more popular now. It's more talked about now. So redshirting comes from the sports term, um, which uh, I know many of you probably know this. So the actual definition of redshirting is when a coach keeps an athlete out of a competition for a year in order to develop the athlete's skills and then in turn extend their period of playing eligibility. Um, But now we talk about kindergarten redshirting as the delay of school, formal schooling. So preschool is technically not, it is formal schooling, but it's preschool. So formal schooling is considered when kindergarten starts. So Redshirting kindergarten is the delay of formal schooling for a child by one year, typically to avoid a situation where the child is among the youngest in their class. Um, so <laughs> that's one of the reasons. There are a million reasons people have decided to, quote, redshirt their child or delay kindergarten. And I, we can talk about all of them. But ultimately, it's going to be what is the best the best thing for you and your child. So today, I want to talk a bit more about that. And remember, you are going to be the, the one that decides this for your child. And in the next episode, we talk a lot more about a lot more of your questions. Um, but I'm going to answer a couple of them today. I just kind of wanted to give the 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 play by play of why we're talking about this but it became pretty popular uh, in the book um i think it's outliers by malcolm gladwell and um he talks about how successful athletes some of them were it's delayed um schooling their parents delayed schooling for them so then people started thinking about that and then there's also other reasons people think about it are um because you know, your child. So in Illinois, the cutoff date is September 1st. So if your child is born before September 1st, so if they turn five before September 1st, then they will go to kindergarten that year. And then it gets tricky because if people have a child born August 30th, well, yeah, they're five before September 1st, but they're one, if they were born one day later, they would be a full year later in school. So then it goes into the, you know, we start thinking about, okay, so what does this mean for their development? 
So they're going to be with peers that are a full year older than them. Are they going to feel insecure? Are they going to feel less than? Are they going to feel like they're small? Maybe physically they're small. Oh, maybe they had a speech delay. I don't know if they're ready for kindergarten. So these are the questions that started formulating um, when when we think of that cutoff date. So yes, it seems like let's just regulate it, make it the same date. Some states, the date is June 1st. So that means that if your child is five before June 1st, then they'll go to kindergarten. So then those summer babies um, will not be the youngest in their class. I personally am a summer baby. My birthday is June 27th, uh, which is next week uh, or in two weeks. When, yeah, I, what date is it? Who even knows? Um, but I was always the youngest in my class and I didn't really like it. I was a shy child. I did fine in school. I did great in school. Um, even though I had ADHD still do. Um, but I, I was, I was great. I did great in school. I didn't like feel good about it, but it, it was internalized. I didn't, it didn't come out on the outside. Um, but I know a lot of people that loved being the youngest, but I also know a ton of people that loved being the oldest. I have a friend whose birthday is in August and she doesn't have kids. And we were talking about this and she, her birthday is I think August 25th. And she said, she was like, that seems like something I was trying to explain to her the red shirting process. Cause she's thinking about having kids and she's like, Oh my gosh, there's so much I don't know. And I was like, nobody knows anything. Like you are not alone. You don't have to, there's no, you don't, you don't have to know things before. Like nobody knows. So I was explaining this red shirting to her and she was like, it seems like something my mom would have done. But if she, if she had the opportunity and I was like, wait, you are a grade younger than me. And her birthday is two months after mine. So her mom did hold her back. Her parents did hold her back, but she didn't know about it. So I think it's really interesting to think about that. There are people that like are in their thirties and don't even know that that happened. So that's also something to keep in mind. It doesn't have to be this huge deal and your child doesn't have to know about it either. They might not even, it might not even happen, but she loved that she was the first one to get her driver's license. She was the first person to turn 18. You know, she was the first person to turn 21 in college. Me, I was 17 when I graduated high school. I was 21 when I graduated college. I I literally like couldn't even drink in college until my senior year, which some people can, junior, whatever. It's that obviously is not a deciding factor, but it's just so interesting to have like a full I was a full year younger than most of my friends because most of my friends' birthdays were like August, September, October. Um it didn't really hold me back. Uh, but this podcast is, this, this episode is not about me. I'm just giving you my own background right now. Anyway, kindergarten has changed a lot. So it's become a lot more academically intense. Um, but kids haven't changed. The brain is still developing in the same way. Um, we still know that kids need play. They need play-based learning. They need more time to be little. They need time to be outside. They need time to grow. And it gets overwhelming for parents to have to think about, well, they're not getting to be little. We're pushing them to grow up so fast. So that's another reason that people 
would decide to hold their child back or to wait to start kindergarten, which is totally fair. And I love that. And I also wish that kindergarten wasn't so academically intense. So I will say, based on my experience working in schools, I, when I was a reading specialist in a preschool through eighth grade elementary school, I saw pretty quickly in, um, kindergarten. So I wouldn't start seeing kindergartners until October because they need so much time adjusting and it's really hard. I would do assessments. So I would do reading assessments for the entire school three times a year. So that was, you know, 300 kids, um, three times a year do the assessment, the reading assessments. And I would just like be analyzing data a lot was part of my job. And I would see these trends that all of the kids that then I would work with the kindergarten teachers and I would say, okay, these are the kids that I, I noticed are pre-readers, which by the way, is totally normal at the beginning of kindergarten to not know how to read. The kids that I would say, I'm going to work with these kids as they're the pre-readers and the kindergarten teacher would say, yep, that's the ones I noticed too. Um, but then I would look at their information and almost all of them were summer birthdays, almost all of them which then I started to think about this a little bit differently. And I started to brainstorm with the teachers. And it's really interesting because when I was in second grade, I saw a reading specialist and I remember being mortified by this. I was so embarrassed and I knew that it was not good. Now, this was not, this was one, I was very aware as a child, but two, this was in the nineties. And I think that it was a Catholic school and they were all older teachers and maybe even nuns. It could have been a lot better. They could have set this up so much differently. So I should save this for another podcast, but you might know this if you've known me for a while. When I was in second grade, I declared that I was going to grow up and I was going to make a place where everybody loved to learn how to read. And it was, everyone was going to feel excited and happy to be there because I remember feeling shame for the very first time. But what's interesting is I was actually just really young. Like, and as we all know, I was not being taught how to read the right way <laughs> because most of America isn't. Um, but we're working on changing that, right? We are because you're here. So we're working on changing that. And if you're like, what are you talking about? I have a podcast episode about it. I think it's episode four. Um, but yeah, there's a huge reading crisis in America. Uh, if you're new here, welcome. Lighthearted stuff to talk about. Anyway, I declared that I was going to make a reading place that everybody wanted to be. But I also knew that when I was working as a reading specialist in the school, that I was going to make it so exciting when I went to pull out these kids for their small group instruction. So I'm trained in the science of reading and the Orton-Gillingham method. So I would work on that with those kids and they would, you know, succeed. But then I started to realize these kids like weren't really behind. They were just a bit younger. But if it wasn't a teacher like me that was hyper aware that being pulled out of the class could make a child feel shame, then hold on. Sorry. Hello. Oh gosh. Sorry, you guys. Um, <laughs> I forgot to press do not disturb on my 
phone. So I got cut off. Hope this isn't messed up now. Anyway, I was hyper aware of making sure that kids didn't feel embarrassed to be pulled out. So I made it, I called it the reading club. I never would say, okay, they just need a little extra support. Even though that seems like innocent, it's really, for some kids, it can be too much. So I would say, we're going to the reading club. Some kids, some kids get to, you know, go to Spanish club after school. You get to go to the reading club in the middle of the school day. But if that isn't always the case, then getting pulled out for reading can be kind of a, an overwhelming shaping experience for a child. And if they're not really struggling, it's interesting to think about that this is making is becoming part of their school identity. And it might just be because they're young. So just a little food for thought on that one. Okay. A lot of people are wondering if I have an August born child, what should I do? What's the benefit to delaying kindergarten? What are the reasons not to? And I think I just want to acknowledge that this is an incredible privilege to have the choice and not everyone has this choice. So if kindergarten is free and daycare isn't, then there's that privilege that that you get to choose daycare or maybe you get to stay at home with your kids and you get to choose to let them stay home. So not everyone has these options. Not everyone has the ability. Maybe you need full-time coverage. And so that can't be what, what you choose. Um, maybe your school doesn't allow it. Maybe your state doesn't allow it. So there's a lot of things to take into consideration. I don't think that there's an automatic answer like, yes, delay kindergarten or no, don't. But I do think that you can always trust yourself. So January, so I never heard this, Jason birthdays. I guess this is a thing. January, August. I mean, not January. <laughs> July, August, September, October, November. So tricky for those birthdays. Yes. Um, I delaying and retention are two totally different subjects. So right now we're just going to talk about delaying. We'll talk about retention on a different day, but your child and every child is so, so individual that it has to be your own decision. I'll tell you some questions that you can ask yourself. One, how does my child do independently without me? Two, what kind of experiences have they had? Did we have a normal year? Did they, was it a COVID year? Was it a pandemic? Was someone in the family hospitalized? Was, were we traveling a lot and they didn't really have a lot of experiences with interacting with friends or interacting with other adults or, um, you know, learning how to do things independently? These aren't reasons to delay. They're just things to consider just things to consider. Okay. Just things to consider because we go to kindergarten to learn. So please, please, please do not think, oh, they do not know all of their ABCs. They can't, they're not ready for kindergarten. No, kindergarten is for learning. So the biggest things we want to look at are how confident they feel independently without you. How, how secure are they? How, 
emotionally attached are they? Have they had opportunities to practice these things? And, or not, like maybe they haven't, maybe they are a little bit nervous. Maybe they could benefit from a lot more play. I think almost every child could. So a lot of people think, what if I hold them back and they're bored? I think very rarely a child is going to be bored. I have so many people that will say, oh, they know how to do this. They, they should skip a grade. Very rarely is that the case. Um, not never, but very rarely. You will know the right decision for you when you make it. You'll always wonder, but you have to just know when you make that decision, it is your decision and it is right for your child. And there are always, always, always going to be outside resources for you if it's not a good fit or if it's too hard or if it's November and you're two months in the school year and your child is crying every day. You know, hopefully your teacher is going to come up with a plan with you. So you're just remember, you're not alone once you make that decision and it's not shoot, I should have done the other one. It's like, okay, so maybe you delay and then your child you realize that they were ready. Okay. So then you get an enrichment program. Okay. Or you do extra courses. You get a big city readers course. You do the, you do the first grade reading course with them and you supplement. Or if you chose to push them ahead and they're not doing okay, you come up with a new plan. One of the biggest things though, is to remember kindergarten is a huge adjustment. And the, I think, um, a pediatrician friend of mine told me no extra activities until December of kindergarten because it is such a big adjustment. So if your child is overwhelmed, think about, are you doing too many extra activities? Um, so those are some, some of the things I would consider. Um, I, somebody asked thoughts on delaying, even if you're homeschooling. So if you're planning homeschooling, I would go get ready. I would get into it. Like there's homeschooling is such a a smaller day of work. So you're going to have a lot of playtime and a lot of outdoor experiences and a lot of things to do with your child. So the kindergarten curriculum is not going to be a big undertaking. So if, if you're homeschooling, I would say just dive in. And you can set it at your own pace. Um, a good reason, people say, what are good reasons to delay kindergarten? And I'm always personally trying to get rid of the reason of the words good and bad because it's just a reason. It's just something to think about. It's just a piece of evidence. We're just collecting a little bit of evidence. We're just collecting information. We're just thinking about things. So things to think about are how is my child talking to other adults? How do they speak? Do they know how to ask for what they need? Um, but those, yeah, just think about what there is to consider and there is not going to be a right or a wrong. It's going to be different for every single child. It's going to be different at every single school in every single state. The last question I'm going to answer in this episode is, oh my gosh. Um, I'm like trying looking at the list, trying to pick one right now doesn't my child doesn't know most of the alphabet and turns five in June are they ready for kindergarten and I have to say this and I'll probably say this a thousand times but there it is it is developmentally appropriate to start kindergarten not knowing all of your letters I'm going to say that again it is developmentally 
appropriate to enter kindergarten without knowing all of your letters. So please do not spend time with flashcards. Of course, there are so many things that we can practice. Take my Master the ABCs course this summer. It is fun, light, quick, easy lessons for you and your child to do together so that you are teaching the ABCs the right way. But I can promise you, if you're just going to drill with flashcards just so they can have alphabet recognition and prove that they can point out those letters, oh, there are so many things that you can do that are such a better use of your child's time and your time and their literacy foundations. And I mean, they're learning to read foundations. There are so many better things you can do than drill ABCs with flashcards. So take Master the ABCs on BigCityReaders.com if you want to keep practicing, but that is not a prerequisite for kindergarten. That, I mean, maybe it is at your school, but it shouldn't be because kindergarten is a place to learn and it should be more play-based. And the things to think about are, do you want your child to have more play-based learning? Do you want your child to be the oldest in their class or the youngest? Do you have that opportunity? Do you think that you would be able to give them supplemental um, materials in preschool if they are ready for more and you do decide to hold them back? Do you have a plan on how you would communicate with your child's teacher if you're worried? Don't worry if you don't have that part yet. I'll help you with that. But just know that you're not alone. Everyone is worried about this. Everyone feels stressed about kindergarten, but it's the most magical time ever. Your child is ready for kindergarten. You might not be, but your child is. And we're going to get you ready together and we're going to get them ready together. We're going to practice the social emotional things that we need to do together. We're going to ask the questions. We're going to get curious about why we might want to. And we're going to remember that I have to ask myself why I want this and not ask or look at what my friend or my neighbor is doing, but just ask, why is this something I'm considering? Am I just thinking about this because everybody else is talking about it? Do I just feel like I should be doing this? Think about why. Think about your family values. Literally pick your family values, put them up on your fridge, put them up on your mirror. Remember that. And if this topic isn't even something that falls under your family values, then get rid of it. Don't worry so much about it. I know it feels like it's the biggest thing in the world, but every decision is going to feel that way. They're going to be in school forever. First grade feels like a huge decision. Second grade is so big. And you're always, always allowed to pivot and change and make a new decision. You are never stuck and you never will make the wrong decision. Or like there's no right and wrong. Like it's just in that moment what feels right for your child, for you, and for your family. But it will always be changing. And it's always okay to decide to do something different. And I'm always here if you need me to talk about this with you. You can send me a message. I'll send you um any ideas and strategies. Just um send me a message on Instagram or email me um, or book a call if you want to really help um, have me help you narrow down what values 
to look for and what what aligns with you because I know it can be a big undertaking. So that's one of the things I love to work on with um, parents and parent consultations that I do. But picking your values and then the questions to ask yourself when deciding if this school aligns with them or if this daycare you're touring aligns with them or if um, delaying kindergarten is an alignment or, you know, if this just feels overwhelming for no reason. Anyway, all that to say, you are not alone. I got your back and you're not going to make the wrong decision. I know it feels so overwhelming, but remember blinders on for everything else. Just think about who you're going to let sit around your kitchen table, who you're going to let watch a movie in your bed with you. I mean, this is metaphorical, not physical, unless, uh, unless that wasn't clear or in case that wasn't clear, but think about that and then stop, stop looking and stop asking everybody else. You have to ask yourself, you have to go inward. You just have to evaluate and just consider all of these things for you and you alone. No one else is going to be going on this journey with you and your child for their entire school years. Like they have so many years of going to school. So you guys are in this together and I'm in it with you. So trust yourself. Take a deep breath. And remember, they are ready for kindergarten. They are. Kindergarten is fun. It's magical. Enjoy this time. Enjoy the excitement, the anticipation. Because you have everything you need. You were your child's first teacher. And you already set them up for success. Okay, you guys, that's all for me for today. Uh, I will be sharing one, I think two more kindergarten podcasts that are kindergarten specific. And then we're going to get back into some nitty gritty with some reading and some toddler talking tips and all that other fun stuff. Um, also I have an interview coming up with my little brother who is autistic and, um, he's just going to share what his life is like. Uh, he doctor said he wouldn't walk or talk and he actually didn't talk until he was five. And, uh, now he talks, he does stand up comedy and he runs marathons. So he's amazing. Um, so I thought it'd be fun to have him on the podcast, um, next week, I think next week or in two weeks. Anyway, who can keep track of time? Have an amazing day or night, whatever time it is, and send me a message if you need anything. But I got your back. Love you so much. See you next time.